and the thing is with your when, when you've established i mean your your metaphysic your metaphysic may be something you just brought up with it might well just be an unexamined set of beliefs about the way the world works and and you know this brings us back to people like like Carl Jaspers that sometimes we, we get thrown up against these experiences these boundary experiences which bring our metaphysic uh, under question you think well, I, this is how I thought the universe was this is how the universe functions um, uh, and then suddenly it doesn't and then that, and and it because your metaphysic, because your underlying belief about the nature of the universe holds everything else up, you undermine that, then the whole lot starts to starts to wobble, mm. uh, and you have to kind of you know really have to kind of you know go back and shore that up and and, and and ask serious questions about your metaphysic, and that's something you may do throughout your life. Um, but um, I think that kind of it's interesting that kind of faith seeking understanding that fides qua intellectum. I quite like that. Um, I find it interesting because. Uh, Augustine, for example, uh, deploys that in the first instance um, as an argument against uh, as, uh, against um, um, unbelievers, mm. uh, because you know, well, say unbelie- unbelievers, not necessarily irreligious people, but people who didn't believe in the Christian tradition, didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and all mm. that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and he, you know, he said, and he would talk to these people and say, well, okay, so you know, what's the, what's the score here? Why, why, you know, what's the problem? Um, and uh, the response would be, oh, well, of course, you know. Um, I didn't see it. Nobody else, you know, the only people who saw it were, were you know, were these people, you know, Peter, a hmm. um, couple of women, some of the disciples. Um, so, you know, that's not, that's, that's not good enough. It's, it's just based on testimony. Hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, Augustine's response to that is, well, almost every piece of knowledge you have hmm. is, is based on testimony, either something somebody told you or something you read um, or a belief that's been passed down to you. Um, most of the knowledge you have is not something you've gathered firsthand. Yeah. Uh, it's stuff that you're, you, you're... So what you end up asking yourself um, is, what do I believe? You know, do mm. I believe, for example, do I believe if somebody comes to me and says, I saw this guy raised from the dead, you have to ask yourself, well, are these credible witnesses? If they say they saw this, mm. um, I'm not saying... Um, whether or not I think this is a fact, because I wasn't there to find out. What I have, what I'm asking myself is, is whether I believe them, whether mm. I actually recognise them as credible witnesses. And he said that most of the knowledge that we have um, is based on on our belief in credible witnesses and news mm. reports and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so there is a there's a lot of faith commitment, and you know people like you know post critical people like kind of Michael Polanyi and so on, and existentialists and postmoderns and all those sorts of people all have that kind of that understanding that there is no there is no absolute metaphysic mm. in the sense that in the sense that Plato was convinced of that somehow philosophically you could engage with the architecture of the universe, yeah, the forms, and if you kind of studied hard hard enough, you could in some way perceive them, see these ideal forms as a kind of an absolute map of the universe, and then everything makes sense, and then you can start building an absolute concrete, um, you know, absolute concrete philosophy. Mm. Um, you know, most philosophers are saying we don't have that. I mean, even even Descartes. I mean, mm. Descartes, as we know, kind of you know, systematic mm. doubt, and this is precisely what he's saying. He's saying, well, you know, everything we think is the case. All the mm. kind of beliefs we claim, to, all the kind of, you know, uh, concrete uh, knowledges we claim to have. They could be lies. You know, mm. uh, it's, it's that, you know, it's, 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 you know, Picard being interrogated by the, uh, by the Kardashians, you know, mm. ha- um, Kardashians, Kardashians, <laughs> Kardashians, <laughs> Kardashians are the big booty guys and yeah. Kardashians are the kind of rapacious kind of, you know, star yeah, empire yeah. guys. Right? Um, and it's kind of, you know, how many lights can you see? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, um, 
And eventually, you know, Picard says, well, you know, after after more and more indoctrination, eventually it got to the point, not only was I prepared to say there were five lights, mm. I could actually, it got to the point where I could actually see five lights. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, it's, it's, why did I say that? There was a very good reason for me saying that. <laughs> it was sort of, yeah, Descartes. So Descartes says, well, yeah, we could be being misled. Mm. You know, the, the famous kind of, there could be an evil genie. There could be some kind of subversive god. There could be somebody tampering with our perception. It, it, you know, we're only mm. limited, we're limited to what we can see and hear and, our, and the range of our perceptions. So, you know, you take your glasses off. You can't, you know, I take mm. my glasses off. I'm not entirely sure who I'm talking to here at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very much to do with our, our data receptors. As far as Descartes is concerned, we may not be perceiving the, the world accurately at all uh and the only way he gets around that as we've said in previous podcasts um is is in a kind of platonic way he introduces god he comes up with an an ontological argument to kind of a self-fulfilling argument for the existence of god and then is able to say all right okay we know god exists because of this do you think he Uh, believed god do you think he believed that himself oh i think well i think he probably well it's hard to know isn't it Hmm. you can only believe i mean i i think he I think he 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 needed it. Yeah, definitely. Because needed un- it. <laughs> yeah, because unless unless you know, he said, okay, we've got God there. God wouldn't create human beings whose senses um, would lie to them. God wouldn't mislead us, mm-hmm. and so God guarantees that everything we see and experience is actually the real world. Yeah. Very similar to Plato, you know, the forms we can engage with the forms philosophically. Not everybody can do it, mm. but philosophically, if you're trained, you can engage with the forms through some kind of mystical communion or some kind of philosophical meditation, mm. and then you can start looking at the real thing, the real form, and mm. comparing it to things in the world and get a better sense of how things kind of you know how things work. Um, but they all seem to need some kind of Deus ex machina. They all always mm. all seem to need some kind of transcendental arbiter. Mm. To guarantee that, uh, and for the most part, you know, that's you know that is that is a belief. That's a kind of well, let's just believe that's the case because we have to have some kind of benchmark. So I don't know. I mean, so if you were if you were establishing a metaphysic, mm. um, any idea? I mean, what 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 would uh, any idea what your your kind of metaphysical underpinning would be in kind of you know basic terms if we were trying to design a well, you know, the um... things that, the things that have to be the things <laughs> that have to be. For you. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm like. <laughs> I do know what you're like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, we can't do anything about that. Um, it's well, one of the things that I, I wanted to say at the start, at the the, st- the top of this, is when you were saying about how we perceive the world, and it's everything's through um, like us as a subject, mm. yeah, mm. and us as as a, ve- um, a vessel, and and I immediately thought. But I didn't want to stop your uh, your your train of uh, <laughs> speaking. I immediately thought that's only when we turn our attention to it. We only, mm. only when we turn our attention to philosophy do we think of um, there being um, an individual subject. Mm. Um, and so obviously Wittgenstein's at the back here, language, everything mm. like that. So uh, I think I think I'm pr- we're pretty safe in the fact that uh, our base is. Um, and meaning is is language and knowledge, and to it for it to um, for uh, meaning and truth to exist, um, for for where I'm coming from, it's a shared thing. Yeah, mm. we can only like you know language develops from you know let's say a minimum of two people. Yeah, I go uh, and point at the at the rock, and you go oh uh, okay that's that's we we've discovered the meaning of the rock. It sounds like one of your essays. <laughs> so the uh, yeah. Um, the 
the basis of the metaphysic then in that in that sense is it's a shared experience yeah is yeah. i know that's not much no but no but i mean that could that could mm. be you know that could be the the, the the minimum basis that we that we're sharing that we are sharing a world i mean yeah. if, we, if, if we if you can't if you know if you can't get behind that mm. um then there's not really much you can do in the world is there i mean if mm. you if, if if you're basically thinking well nobody else everything else i see here is an illusion mm. um nobody understands what i'm saying what people are saying to me um is probably something i you know i have no idea what they're saying or whether they're sharing the same experience as me so if somebody you know has a conversation with me um, their terms of reference might be. If you believe that their, their terms of reference are different to yours in in, in every meaningful sense, um, then you're not sharing a world. It's just mm. you. It's very solipsistic, isn't it? So, but, I mean, it could be. Of... It could be like you know. It could be the um, the monad behind mm. it. You know, in mm. you know, in secret. But, but you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Is, it, is that enough? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah, enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's. I think that's. You know. That I think that's an, an essential part, and that's kind of part of what. Descartes was trying to do he was trying to say well okay you know we want to we want to assume that we're all sharing a world mm. so that we can interpret the world effectively for ourselves but we can also communicate ideas with each other uh, and build meaningful relationships and be confident that the people we are talking to not only do they understand what we're saying mm. and we're sharing that kind of that same narrative but also that they are actually there and it's not just me talking to myself um, yeah. uh, and again you know the only way he could he could legitimate that was by saying well god guarantees that god actually tells me that this is true yeah. uh, and i can have confidence in that uh um how else i mean otherwise you, you end up with i suppose you, you you know go with the kind of humean approach hume would say well you know it doesn't really need a guarantee mm. um you know either you accept it or you might as well give up i mean you know if, if as far as hume's concerned you know you've got to assume um, that there are laws to the universe. You've got to assume that what you see is what is actually there. You've got to assume that the people you're interacting with are actual people um, interacting in the same way as you do. And seeing, you know, if you see a, a, a you know, a dog in the street, we're both seeing the same dog. You know, mm. it's not, you know, I'm seeing a dog and you're seeing an armadillo, or I'm, seeing, you know. Um, so well, Hume, Hume says, you know, even if you, sorry, but he say, go on. <laughs> I was saying no, Hume, no, 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 Hume no, no, would definitely uh, would back me up, wouldn't he? Because it's like, yeah, only when we're doing philosophy. Would we would we uh, you know, concentrate on this kind of individual? Oh thing? yeah, absolutely. When, when we're, you know, without we boys ask... playing billiards, whoever it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. It's only when you're philosophizing that you ask yeah. these questions. That you ask yeah. these questions at all. Yeah. Um, so it's so these are these are for most people. I mean, these are things I think that we all establish that we all have tacitly. Otherwise, we wouldn't communicate. And if we genuinely thought that this was you know that, that there wasn't anybody out there, hmm. uh, then you know. Then, then we might just think, oh, we'll bugger it. We know what's the point. Um, but I think, for the most part, uh, unless you're philosophically trained and and you choose to reflect on these things for mm. for whatever you know buzz you get off that, most people will tacitly just accept that. Mm. Um, they won't question that, and that's fine. There's no reason necessarily why one needs to you know one needs to question these things. I mean, there's a lot of things that we accept on faith. Um, that we don't, we know, we don't need to ask questions of. You know, when I when I sit in a chair, I don't. Oh, I don't. Every time I sit on a chair, I don't test the chair for its for its mm. structural integrity before I sit down. Um, I just sit in it, and mm. I just believe it's going to hold me up. Actually, the other day, my uh, my I should have done that because the the, the <laughs> lawn the lawn chair in the garden it was so hot um, mm. that some of the glue that was holding a repaired lawn chair together just melted, mm. and the entire thing collapsed when I sat into it. So maybe I should maybe I should test it. Maybe Did you get hurt? 
No, it was okay. I wasn't that far to fall, thankfully, because uh, it was just in the garden. Um, but yeah, there are things you know. There are there are things that we we will just a- accept and we'll take on faith, as you said, communication. Mm. Um, we genuinely, most people will genuinely, generally accept um, the veracity of their sense experience. So if, some, mm. if they hear something, for the most part, they will say, "Yeah, I just I, I heard that. I, you know, sense experience. I heard that. I generally felt that I touched that." Mm. Um, and it's it's you know it's. Um, that's that's you know sense perception is very much that kind of touchstone for what people will accept as evidence but i would also like to bring along with that um uh, this is personal so perhaps it's something mm. we should you know discuss if you wanted to bring it into philosophy there. but mm. I, I also like the idea of the, you know the mystical absolutely you know and the unknown mm. so you know saying that um obviously we've got a shared experience and um, language is that you know uh, is that thing that brings that meaning. There's also things that you know Wittgenstein again things that can't be put into mm. words, and we all accept that it's there. You know, there's yeah. so much more going on, mm. Mm. and yeah. uh, it's fine in a kind of cool hippie way to bring that along. Yeah, with. yeah, absolutely, and that and that is again very much part of 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 a person's core metaphysic. Whether mm. you believe that there are some there is anything that that, that operates transcendentally. Mm. Behind the kind of the, your, your your physical experience, so Plato's forms, for example, you know, the Christian traditions, kind of you know, um, God and heavenly realms and so on, uh, various other religions or supernatural or, or you know superstitious or supernatural traditions, which maintain that there are there are things you know there, there are more things in heaven than on earth than are dreamt of in our philosophies, mm. um, uh, and you know those those have always been part of a metaphysic because it's kind of the universe works in a particular way, in a kind of me- mechanical way. But there are also other levels to the machine. Mm. So it doesn't just function as a physical machine. There are other things that can be that can be brought into play. Mm. Um, uh, and, you know, that, again, so some people will accept that as a legitimate part. And this is very much what Kant was trying to do um, prior to, to writing his, his three critiques. Um, the question he set himself, um, particularly in the prize essay, um, was, you know, can we learn anything can we know anything mm. that transcends um sense experience is mm. metaphysics is, is is a traditional um supernaturally informed metaphysic mm. something that can provide us with any information anything useful mm-hmm. uh, and as we know he, he read lot swedenborg and he did this and he did that and he came to the conclusion no mm-hmm. because it can't be demonstrated it can't be proved in any way uh, and if it can't be proved um then why would you put your weight on it if you can't mm. actually be sh- absolutely sure mm-hmm. in that kind of Cartesian doubt can't be absolutely sure that's going to hold your weight um, best not sit on it so he wasn't saying there is no supernatural Kant was not saying there was no transcendental but he's saying you can't there's no way you can know mm. so certain, you just kind of and yeah, push it to one side antin- antinomies. antinomies yeah antinomies antinomies. Yeah, antinomies antinomies so that word that nobody can pronounce it's always oh god because I, I was listening to his um uh a podcast the other day, uh, Ricky Gervais, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I think he was some kind of physicist. Oh yeah. Uh, so um, I like Ricky Gervais. Um, he's but he's a very, uh, he's a very hard atheist, isn't he? And yes. they were, and they were talking about um, talking about um, the universe, and that apparently there's all these, there's all these um, theories about uh, how big universe is and what's what's outside of it, and they're talking about um, trying to describe. The kind of outer part of the universe, mm. and um, they were kind of going back and forth, and 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 obviously 
um, Ricky Gervais was like kind of frustrated, and I was kind of thinking, screaming in my head, "You can't talk about it." You know, this is what this is what Kant, you know, this is what Kant was mm. saying. There's things that you that that cannot be, you know, you mm. uh, can't you can't be imagined, can't be talked about. You know? Yeah. 